Hi, welcome back to another episode of Connected Parenting. This week I thought I would focus on playdates. I have a lot of families asking me how to make a playdate go well. You know, what do you do when you have a little one that has difficulty sharing or gets really angry or is quite reactive and playdates don't go very well? Um, and this is a really hard one. If you happen to be the child of a gladiator, of a child who just has really big feelings and doesn't regulate very well, um, it can be really stressful having kids over or sending your child over to someone's house because you're sitting there biting your nails hoping that everything goes well or waiting for that phone call from the mom saying, please come pick him up. Um, and that can be really, really uh, challenging for parents. And you love your child and you want them to have friends and you want them to be successful. Hi, everyone. I'm Jennifer Colary. I'm a child and family therapist and a parenting coach and the founder of Connected Parenting. And welcome to the Connected Parenting Weekly Podcast. Join me every week and we'll tackle everything from temper tantrums to bedtime to sibling issues to teenage angst. Parenting can be so wonderful, but it can be so hard. Parents often say to me, hey, can you just come live at my house? This is the next best thing. Let's do this together. There's so much written and a lot um, of discussion about what children go through when they have difficulty with social skills, but not a lot of discussion about what the parents go through. And it's really, really uh, overwhelming for parents who are sort of sitting in the next room, oh, please go well, please say yes, please, please say you'll share. Um, but what's really important is we have to remember that um, our children, our kids gauge their reactions on us. So if we're now, you better have a good time and, and don't forget to share. And and uh, let's, let's remember that Noah's not going to have you over if you don't share with him. And if we have that much intensity broadcasting to our child, not only are they going to be increasingly worried about whether this is going to go well um, themselves, but they're going to pick up your angst and your energy, or they might not even been worried at all. They might've been great and looking forward to it. And now they're petrified because you look absolutely petrified. So it's really important to, to have this energy, to have this stance um, that really kind of sends a message that you believe in your child that you think it's going to go okay. You believe it's going to go okay. And they will often rise to that. If they think you believe in them, then they're going to believe in them. Then there's a few things that you can do to make sure that a play date goes well. If your child is the kind of kid that has a really difficult time sharing, before you have a play date, you say, okay, let's grab a special basket and let's put all of the toys in here that are very, very special to you that you would be so sad if anything happened to them or you just love them so much that they're so hard to share. We'll work on that in the future so that you can share some of these toys. But right now, why don't we put these away? So what you're doing is you're taking um, items that they're going to have some kind of attachment to or that's going to cause them to get anxious and upset and you're going to put them away. And then you make a deal with your child that, okay, this is going to be great because now the toys that remain are, are sharing toys, that we're going to share these toys together and um, we're going to have a good time together. So a lot of kind of front loading ahead of time. Now, the other thing that's really important is keep the play date short and sweet. Don't have it linger for three hours. What often happens is you're thinking to yourself, oh, this has gone well. And within five minutes, all hell is breaking loose. And, and honestly, an hour and a half, maybe, especially with little ones, um, sort of, you know, whatever, five to eight, nine years old, that's perfect. Let it go. Let it be short and sweet. So that the child leaves, the visiting child leaves, having had a great time, goes home and saying what, what fun they had, just feeling good. Your child feels quite successful. 
Um, and, it, and it goes well that way. You can also have some activities planned that can sort of make things a little bit easier. We'll have a little schedule even. So from, you know, this time to this time, here are three choices of games that you can play, or here are some toys that you can play with. And then we're going to have snack and then we're going to have another activity. And then we're going to, I don't know, watch something for a few minutes, but you have a little bit, you have a little bit of a schedule going that can really help girls, especially love this girls love schedules, especially if you write it down. Um, they love that. So having some structure to it can go very well. Um, if you have a really rambunctious child that has a really difficult time with playdates, you can plan the playdate at a park or in an indoor playground, or they can, you know, do an activity together somewhere, um, creating a craft or something in, in a in a setting where there's lots of structure that can often go very well. Um, if your child is really struggling and you happen to have a close family friend uh, who has a child the same age as your child, a really good thing to do. And I know this might be tough for some parents, but it, it really is important and it can make a huge difference in how well future playdates go. Um, you basically plan a playdate with a child that you know pretty well and a parent that you feel comfortable talking with. And you can say, hey, we've been working on sharing. We've been having some difficulties. We really want this to go well, but there's a chance if it doesn't, we're going to shut the playdate down and we're just going to end it, even if it's 10 minutes in. And so you're preparing the other parent first so that you don't have to be embarrassed and you don't have to be ashamed and it's something you've already discussed with them. And then you have either a little basket full of a few little things from the dollar store or a gift certificate somewhere or something in a little bag. And if the play date ends up going badly, you can give the little whatever surprise um, loot bag to the outgoing child and say, thank you for coming. And you know, my, my child's having a really hard time today and hopefully he'll come back and we'll have another, uh, try it at another time. And the, the other parent is prepared and ready. So nobody's upset. Nobody's devastated. Um, and that could, that can be really great. Now, what will happen is your child is going to be very upset and they're probably not going to believe that this is happening. No, no, it's not fair. Bring him back. I'll be good. I'll be good. And the truth is, um, you can sometimes give them a chance to, to turn it around, but quite often, they just get so overwhelmed, they can't bring it back. Um, a lot of kids will get so anxious that they'll just kind of blow it up at the beginning because they're going to be afraid that they're going to blow it and they're not sure whether you're actually going to do anything about it. Uh, very similar to, um, I don't know, walking into a dark room and not knowing where anything it is. You have to kind of feel around, oh, there's an edge, oh, that's something I could bump my head on, i got to be careful. Sometimes um, kids have to test this out. They just have to find out, is mommy or daddy serious? Are they actually going to stick to this? And when you send the other child home and you're not yelling, you're not saying, yeah, look what you did. Now they're never going to want to come back. You just say, hey, it happens. Big feelings get in the way. You weren't ready today. That's okay. We'll try it again another day. You can have the kid over tomorrow and try it again. And what usually happens is the second time it goes really, really well. The other thing that's so important is don't hover. Don't, don't jump in every five seconds. Oh, honey, honey, he wants that crayon. Give it to him. Like leave them a little bit. Let them figure stuff out. I mean, obviously if they're hurting each other or something dangerous is happening, you, you don't want to get, you definitely want to get involved then, but don't hover over every tiny thing. The other thing that's really essential is you have to remember their kids. They're used to freaking out. They're used to seeing meltdowns. They're used to seeing people not sharing. That's a normal occurrence when you're a child. When you're an adult at a party and someone goes, that's my seat, that's weird. And you're going to be freaked out if that happens. But kids, 
Kids see that all the time. They look at another kid and they're like, eh, he's having a moment. I've been there. They really don't find it as upsetting as we find it as adults. So we put all of this um, adult, I, you know, tension behind it. And the kids usually find five seconds later. So don't don't freak out. What, what you want to do if you end up deciding the play date is not going to work is you base it on a few different criteria. If there's any aggression or your child grabbing or hurting or hitting and not listening, so it becomes unsafe. Um, if it's really becoming a, a situation where one child is just dominating the other child and the other child is starting to look really stressed out, um, about it. And if that happens, then you say, Hey, you know what, we're going to try a different time. We're going to try tomorrow. I'm going to call, you know, Evie's mother and she's going to come and pick her up and we'll try again tomorrow. Um, and not, you don't even have to have a whole discussion about it. If your child wants to, you can. Um, and then a gentle reminder, the next play date, Hey, remember what happened last time we had to end it early because it really wasn't fun for anybody. And it wasn't going very well and you weren't making great choices. So let's try again. And what will happen the second time is you will see, um, that they'll remember that first of all, that will be a marker, um, that really, um, uh, is pressing for them. It'll suddenly become very relevant. I got to figure this out or my play date's going to end. Um, and that's some kids just need to figure things out, um, the hard way they, you know, we sort of have this habit sometimes as parents of you better stop or this is going to happen or I'm going to send him home. But we've been saying that for the last 20 playdates and they've gone on and on and we haven't actually done anything about it. And I find for some kids, especially kids that have big feelings that really do get overwhelmed about things, it actually makes them more anxious thinking that you might take this away and then you don't. They actually get more upset about that. I have a story I always tell. There's a little guy in my office. He was about seven, maybe. His name was Matthew. He was so cute. And uh, he'd been really not great that week. And I'm sitting in the therapy room with him and his parents. And and uh, they'd been telling me what a rough time Matthew's been having. I, I said to him, hey, Matthew, you know, you're a really good guy. And you've, you have wonderful feelings. And you're good at sharing. And you're very kind. And I listed all the things that I knew were wonderful qualities about him. And said, tell me about this. You've had a hard week. Your parents are saying that things have been pretty rough. So what's going on? And he said to me with his parents in the room, my parents said they were going to take stuff away from me, that I was going to lose my iPad or I wasn't going to have screens. And they gave it back to me. And I said, so what, so tell me about that, Matthew, what's going on there? Because most people would think kids don't want stuff taken away. And he said, they don't mean what they say. They say they're going to do it and they don't. And I hear this over and over and over again from kids that when the limit is firm and it's predictable, um, it calms them down. It actually settles them down. That's often why kids do so much better at school than they do at home because the structure is predictable, because it makes sense and because it's a rule um, that is followed and they don't have to be anxious about whether or not they're going to break that rule or um, get you to bend that rule. That actually can cause quite a bit more anxiety. So the other thing to remember with playdates, and this is true with everything, make sure if you're having a playdate um, or going to a playdate that they've uh, had a snack first or are going to have a snack when they get there, that they've had a good sleep the night before. And those are basic things that can really affect uh, emotional kids. Um, I talk about something called the three bite rule. I'll talk about this again, but, um, uh, kids who are really emotional like this, when they are hungry, they don't tell you they are hungry. They get aggressive or they get angry or they get irritable or they talk with their nose like this. like, And then you give them three bites of food of a protein, actually, 
Um, a carb won't do it. It has to be a protein. And it's like the computer reboots. It's three or four bites later. They're like, oh, okay. And they won't recognize that they're hungry. So often making sure that they're having a snack right away, either in the car on the way home or as soon as they get to the house. Um, sleep. I'll do a whole podcast on sleep, but I really think children are incredibly sleep deprived. They're not getting enough sleep. Um, little kids need 11 hours, 10 hours at the very least. Um, even kids who are 12, 13, they're needing 10, 11 hours. Uh, they grow in their sleep. Uh, the brain uh, detoxifies during sleep. Uh, there's so many important things that happen uh, during sleep and kids are just not getting enough of it. But you will find with these um, really emotional kids that one night of sleep missed, oh, they'll, they'll be awful the next day. Two nights, you're going to pay such a price. Um, it really is important to make sure that they are getting at least 10 to 11 hours of sleep. Certainly if they're under eight years old, that's really important. Um, and if you've got those two things under control, that's usually half the battle. Uh, and then making sure that the play date is uh, structured and organized and maybe a little bit of a schedule um, and you have front loaded it and discussed it ahead of time. That's really important. And the last thing I just want to quickly talk about, and you can you can use this with your kids, with their siblings as well. This isn't just for, for peers, but you have a conversation with your kids about friendship moves and friendship blocks. So a friendship move is like, hey, I really like that. Or, oh, I have that too. Or, oh my gosh, that's so good. Or I have one of those. It's a joining. It's a statement that really makes the other person feel great. Like you're, you're, you have something in common. You've, you've found some common ground and it, it really is a lovely feeling. Oxytocin flows, which is that wonderful uh, bonding hormone. And then a friendship block, that's when kids say things like, that's mine, and I already did that, I did that last year, mine's better than yours, it's, it's that sort of um, one-upping of each other, or, or in some cases with siblings just crushing the other one, ah, you're a baby, I did that two years ago. It's that kind of shutting down sort of statement um, that can be really devastating for the other child but it usually starts a whole flow of negative behavior yeah well you did it too and before you know it they're screaming and yelling at each other or rolling around on the floor um if they're siblings that's much more likely <laughs> not if it's a play date uh so you want to talk to your child about friendship moves and friendship blocks and you want to tell them that you're going to be watching you're going to catch them making friendship moves um, and really kind of maybe have a little signal or something that shows that you're paying attention and they're going to feel really good because you're collecting those moments. Um, and as you practice that um, with your child, they can start to feel uh, more and more what it's like to be easygoing with a friend, to be flexible with a friend. Um, you can also talk to your child about, hey, you know what? You've got to share when you're uh, with a friend and you, you can't be right all the time. And you have to kind of ask yourself, do I need to be right all the time? Or do I want to have playdates that go well? Do I want to have friends? Um, and you certainly don't want to give the message that children need to say yes all the time to have friends. Um, it needs to be a balance. In a healthy friendship, there is a good balance. You get your way some of the time and you don't some of the time and you compromise some of the time or you come up with an idea that's pretty close with a couple of adjustments. Um, those are really important skills and those are really essential for good social health. So kids need to learn that balance between getting their way and compromising. And it's usually somewhere right in the middle. Uh, and that's a little bit of practice. And it's, it's much harder for kids that have big feelings. They have such a difficult time. If they're really inflexible, if they're quite rigid, um, they're going to have a very tough time 
uh, sharing or when something doesn't go the way they think it's going to go or they hope it's going to go. And the hardest thing as a parent is to help your child learn um, what happens. And that means sometimes that a play date will be, you know, will end early or that you have to leave a birthday party or that you're going to have to leave a restaurant where a bunch of family friends are because behavior is getting in the way. Um, those are the only natural consequences. And I sort of want parents to look at it this way. Either we teach our children these lessons or life will. And life is a much harsher teacher. So hopefully um, this will be helpful. These are strategies you can put in place, making sure there's structure, keep this play date short and sweet, have an exit plan if necessary, um, teach your children about friendship moves and friendship blocks, uh, watch your own anxiety around this, watch what you're projecting and broadcasting to your child. If you're a ball of anxiety, then they're going to be a ball of anxiety. It's really important to have this energy around your kids that you, you got this. I know you can do it. I know you can make good choices. You've got a good heart. You're a good person. I know you're going to be able to do this. Um, and, and believe in your child. This is all part of growing up. Playdates, especially the kind of playdates where you're off to the side, not hovering, are really important. Kids need an opportunity to work things out with each other. They don't always need an adult jumping in every five seconds saying, no, you say this and you play with this and you can have this for five minutes and you can have this for 10 minutes. They're not learning on their own that way. They're not learning to negotiate that way. And, and kids learn everything they need to learn through play. And when we were kids, we had a lot more play. We just played outside. We played in the backyard. We played on the street with kids of all different ages. And you learned how to be heard. And you learned when to be quiet. And you you learned all kinds of things. And certainly there were times when you, you know, felt bullied or things didn't go well. But there's the, those moments were full of really important lessons. Um, through play, um, children learn who they are, who they want to be. Um, really important strengths, um, loyalty, forgiveness, all kinds of incredible things that if there's adults bossing them around all the time, they're not going to learn. So trust your kids. Um, and you know what? Bad play dates happen. It's, we've all been through it. We've all been there and it's not the end of the world. And you just, you know, say to the other parent, I'm really sorry. My child had a really hard time today. We'll try it again another time. And, and my message to parents also is to support each other. You know, don't be that parent that goes, oh, I'm never going to that kid's house again. That kid is so rude. That's someone's child. They're trying to figure things out. And I'm not asking that you torture your child and they play with some kid who's awful. But we have to be a bit understanding and a bit forgiving. And we don't need to freak out um, with our own kids if a child hasn't been nice. Again, they're going to gauge their response. Over the, oh, I can't believe it. I'm going to call that mother. And that's so rude of that child. And he's being a bully. And if you go off the deep end with that, you're going to give a message to your child that a problem that you know, is certainly a problem, um, is a much bigger problem than it necessarily needs to be. It's okay to mirror, go back to some of our earlier podcasts about how your child felt if they were mistreated on a play date, and then say, you know what, people have big feelings and all kids are learning how to be friends. They're learning what works. They're learning what doesn't work. And through that contrast, you're going to figure stuff out. And you're also going to figure out that you're okay. You are loved and you are just fine. Um, after you've mirrored and understood, it's really important to give your child a message of confidence that they're okay either way. So put those into place and hopefully you'll have lots of happy play dates in the future. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Barrett Caleri from Connected Parenting. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. And don't forget to check us out on the web at connectedparenting.com and like us and follow us on Facebook.